Assalamu alaikum. Hello, guys. My name is Fatima Garba. Welcome to season one, episode one of the Never Fully Understood podcast. On today's episode, I have Sabiha Hussein with me. Sabiha Hussein, aka um, Dr. Sabiha. Um, Sabiha is a doctor, a mom, a sister, a wife, and also a sister of mine. She's the brains behind Chai with Solar Ravel. I don't know if you guys can remember, but in season one, I think my introduc my introduction um episode I spoke about how um I one of the motivations I got for starting this podcast was Chai with Solo Ravel. I don't know if you guys can remember. Yeah, so yesterday we have Sabiha with us. I really enjoyed our conversation. I love how vulnerable we were. And on today's episode we covered topics like, you know, accepting God's plans, um, feeling your emotions as they come. That was a very good one, actually. <laughs> then we also spoke about having good company, um, checking on your loved ones. Like how I'm just about to check up on you now. Are you guys okay? I hope everyone is doing fine. I am sending you guys love and hugs. <laughs> and then we also spoke about, you know, happiness, finding happiness. Like how do you attain um, happiness? Those were the topics we spoke about. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode and welcome back, guys. <laughs> I'll come back i wish i was able to, I, I wish i'm like able to see you guys if i was able to see you guys now just like give everyone warm hugs and like oh welcome back yay <laughs> anyway i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and please give us uh feedback on apple music just make sure you give us like five stars you know drop a comment on spotify you can also drop comments like any comments you drop on spotify I am able to see them, like, especially, like, what you think of the episode and all. I'm able to see it. Just me. <laughs> Just me. I'm the only one able to see it. And I really, really love all the messages you guys drop for. Please share this um, podcast around all your social media platforms, your friends. Tell them. And, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Hi, Sabiha. Hi, Fatima. How are you? I'm good. But, like, seriously, how are you? I'm okay, I guess. I'm busy, I'm occupied, I have so many things on my plate, and I'm stressed and tired and exhausted, but I am grounded. I know, I mean, I know that there is a reason why I'm doing the things I'm doing, and I know when it's becoming too much for me, and I need to take a step back and rest, so I try to balance my time, my activities, with times in between where I refill my cup so that I don't feel burnt out and you know tapped out so to be honest I'm busy but I'm happy and I'm healthy and I'm good alhamdulillah you're fine fine I'm fine fine yes yeah, so like but like seriously guys like how often do you ask yourself like how you are how often do you ask the people around you like can you just tell us like the importance of you know checking up on people and asking them how they are I mean, we live in a world where people just do things with a lot of superficiality, right? Especially um, nowadays with just superficial acquaintances with social media. You feel like you know everyone and what's happening in everyone's lives. And, and, and to be honest, just because you see someone on social media and they're able to post memes and funny stuff does not mean that their life is going well or their life is perfect or whatever. Sometimes social media is an escape for a lot of people. So at least the people that are close to you, your people, people that you've chosen to be in your corner, it's good to be vulnerable with them and it's good to allow them to be vulnerable with you. When you ask people how they are, be actually willing and ready to 
hear the response of how they actually are doing and when they just give you ah, i'm fine oh alhamdulillah alhamdulillah you should be able to ask deeper if they don't seem to be doing well because sometimes people just need to be prompted to actually tell yeah 100% like sometimes there's so much underneath the i'm fine to be very honest yes so like um sabiha what would you define as true happiness like do you think that we could be truly happy um i i started discovering and finding happiness when i stopped thinking of happiness as a destination as a goal i'm going to reach here and i'll be happy you know it was always when i'm done with school i'll be happy when i get married i'll be happy you know what when i have a kid i'll be happy when i get a solid job i'll be happy when i make my first billion dollars i'll be happy but there there are lots of pockets of happiness along the day not even along the year to be honest along the day if you're willing to look for them happiness is not a destination happiness is a feeling it's finding things to be happy and grateful for no matter how dark you think your tunnel is there is something that is a form of light you just have to be able to look for it to be able to hold on to that light and like hold on to it sometimes when you're in a very dark place that little light is the only thing that you can hold on to so for me i look for lights every day constantly along my day and it makes me grateful it makes me centered it makes me grounded it makes me feel happy and grateful so yes if you carry that kind of attitude along your day your week your year your life Yes, you will be a happy person. Yeah, I think that's so true because like for me, I just feel like if you cannot find happiness in the simple and the little things, when the big things come, do you really think you'll be happy? No. Like well, I don't think so because it's like when you're at this stage in your life and you know where you're headed to and like where you are now, you're so content, you're grateful, you're happy. When the big things come, it's just going to be like a bonus for you. And I think it's even the same thing when it comes to like when they're speaking to people about like finding a spouse. It's like, okay, um you most people look you look for someone that will make them happy and it's like no make yourself happy so whenever you meet someone else it's like a bonus it's just like the icing on the cake and the whole foundation that you've already created so yeah i think we could we can truly be happy just like you said just finding happiness in the little things day to day hour by hour mm-hmm. like that's just that's just true happiness in this yeah. dunya honestly and to be very honest um even for me i think it changed my marriage knowing that i did not depend on my husband to make me happy happiness is a power that i have within me i am not responsible for his happiness and he is not responsible for my happiness this is a power that allah has given only to me and a power that i have given like it is in the hands of allah right so now when we come together as two people that are happy two people that are grounded two people that are centered and sure of themselves together we can be happier we can you know because when someone is not in the right place to accept your you even whatever it is you're giving them it's even happiness. too much it's too, too much it's too much to give one like to be too much of a burden it's to a bo- give burden. someone your like to give someone the responsibility to make you happy like you can barely deal with your own honestly you honestly i think even like for people that celebrate birthdays but there's so many people that i i think like before now i would be one of those people that would be sad on my birthday and mm. it's because you didn't really get what you, you thought people like would do for yeah. you but like at the end of the day who knows what you want if not you exactly. who is going to get it done for you if not you so honestly yeah. even when it comes to things like that I'm the one that's responsible like i know what i want on that particular day whatever it is i know what i want so i'm just going to make myself responsible for it I mean, yeah that's why whoever invented baby baby registry 
Yeah. Yeah, okay, so um like have you ever had like a life changing experience that just made you realize that Omo, like in this life it's it's God's plan, like you're going to choose God's plan, whatever, like any day, any second, like than your own plan. Like just something life changing that happened to you that you're like, you know what? Like yeah Allah, I have given it all to you like just take the wheel take the lead to be very honest i've had moments like this at different stages of my life some a bit too personal to share and some not as personal mm-hmm. and um so i'll just give one example of that it has been with my career right so i was the type of girl that was very focused everybody knew me as I, I lived and breathed medicine i was a doctor's girl like i was born and raised by doctors mm-hmm. I was in medical school to become a doctor, right, you know, and, oh, my dad is a nephrologist, my mom is an OBGYN, you know, I was going to become the next pediatrician or the next psychiatrist. It was, you know, everything was written down, down to the T and dotted all the I's, you know, I was ready for my life after medical school. So we graduated in April 2018. We came back to Nigeria. I rested for a bit. We were supposed to write our MDCN exams in, is it October? So we prepared, there was this program in National Hospital. I joined with my friends. We had a group. We did study groups. We did everything together, you know. And then in September, when we went for registration for the MDCN exams, they didn't allow me to write the MDCN exam. And the reason was because I had a D in maths in my WIAC. And because of the D in maths in my WIAC, they said I was not qualified for the MDCN exams. Now, this didn't make any sense to me because... When I went to university, um, the school that I went to is accepted and accredited in Nigeria. So I believe that whatever their qualifications or sorry, their their intake um, criteria was and they saw me worthy of that and they gave me admission. That means Nigeria has accepted that they have different criteria for different universities, right? So in Sudan, what they did was they would do a cumulative of your results and then your average, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't do this maths, physics, chemistry, biology. Like, yes, they would just put all these subjects together and how's your average in general, right? So they have like a mark. So when they converted to the Sudanese system, for example, we were doing fine. So that was how I was able to get admission in relations to my transcript, my WAG. They looked at everything together, right? And then I got admission. And then now you're telling me seven years later, I went to medical school. I never had any issues. I was a good student. I was above average student, right? And then now you're telling me that I cannot practice medicine in Nigeria because of maths of SS3. You know, so they said that I had to write WIAC again. And now this is September. Which WIAC will I write now in September? The next MDCN exam was going to be in, I think, March. There is no WIAC between September and March. So that means I'm not eligible for the next um, MDCN exam again. The next MDCN exam I'll be eligible for would be 2019 November. So uh, my mates went ahead. I stayed behind. I did my WIAC all over again. Um... It, the result, I think that was April, May, June, July, you know. I registered for the next exams, which was um, for November. And I wrote the exams and I passed the exams. But that two years that I was at home, it was one of the darkest times for me because I was, as I said, a doctor's girl. Like everything, my whole life was centered and revolved around medicine. And that is another thing, another point that I will make. But anything that you put and you center yourself to, other than Allah, Allah, it will break you. And 
Allah has shown me multiple times in my life when I hold on to something too much, Allah takes it away from me. And I falter and then I fall back on Allah, you know? So now, when people see how I am now and I don't hold on to things like that anymore, it's because Allah has shown me multiple times that there is nobody I can center myself to other than Him. No one. My parents, my husband, my child, no one. My career, nothing, right? And this was when, in that two years, it was very dark for me. I was very low. I was depressed. I was... How I did, there was just so many things, right? And then that was when I started Chai with Soul Unraveled in 2018, September. That was around the time. Well, so all this my wallowing in self-pity I did was for like a month. <laughs> and then... I realized that I'm not going to sit down for two years doing nothing because MDCN thinks I'm not worthy. You know what? I am worthy. <laughs> I, I gave myself a pep talk yeah. and I started Chai with Soul Unraveled. And to be very honest, it changed my life. And that was when, now looking back, I know that Allah stopped me in my, like, with bricks because he needed me to do something. And there was no way I would have done it if I had continued at the path that I was going straight. I was going straight for a career in full-blown medicine, right? And I would not have been able to consider something like Chai with Soul Unraveled if I had gone ahead and done my MDCN at that point and everything, everything. But because Allah stopped me, he gave me the opportunity to start this. I mean, I was the only person doing something like this at the time. Where I came up with that idea from... It just it's just something I woke up one day and I decided this is what I want to do. How? Well, how did you think of it? Where? You know, like that. I started and then impacts. Like, I mean, the the women, the, the so many things that Chai has been able to do so far, the lives we've been able to touch, the activities we've been able to do, the things that we've been able to do over the past, like, four years, not September. We're in September, four years now. SubhanAllah, like, it's... It warms my heart. And I think that really with this, I have found a purpose for myself. And I feel like the fulfillment I probably would not have gotten with medicine, I am getting in this. And now, I, I mean, alhamdulillah, I was able to write my MDCN exam. I'm able to now do both because I had almost two years to start that one, mm -hmm. grow it to a particular level, and then I was able to continue with my medicine. So yes, at different stages of my life, Allah has held me back and shown me his plans are better than mine. He is all-knowing, all-seeing. He is the maker of plans and executor of them. And to be honest, for us to think that we have power over some things like that is just a joke. 100%. Isn't for me too, whenever these type of things happen to me, but like, ah, trust me to wallow. Like, sometimes it breaks me. Like, like I said in like the last, last, the last episode that I did for season one, I said, like, after the whole field engagement thing, I, I can't, subhanAllah, my iman, hmm, it went from let me not say zero but like i just felt very disconnected to god and i i, I said it's bad because i just felt like i already said everything it's, which prayer am i going to pray again and it's like when i remember i was like when i thought that god could not test me more mm -hmm. <laughs> he tested me and like this is like almost a year after the whole thing happened but and i am i can never it's like the worst and the best thing that ever happened to me I've also had a field engagement before and so I can totally understand to that and it's also one of the things that Allah has used to take me back to him and because that story is personal to share and I'm not going to go deep into that because it's a long story and all but 
is just in different ways where Allah has better plans for you. Allah knows what you need in life. You know, our knowledge compared to Allah's knowledge is like a drop in the ocean, right? Yeah. So Allah knows like what we are going to become, who we are going to become, what we are going to do in this world, and the purpose that he has for us in this world. And he's going to choose the right person to give you for you to do life together with, for you to be able to reach that self-actualization because you would have married that person and you'll probably be a shadow of yourself, you know? Funny enough, but as in, like, this whole year has been passing, I think I'm at a space in my life now that I just feel like, oh, I need, I have a lot of healing to do. And Alhamdulillah, I didn't go through with that marriage because not only would he have been a problem to me, I would have also been a problem to him because now I'm just really trying to, like, understand myself and know myself. And it's like, was that even really what I wanted? Do you understand? And Alhamdulillah, like God took me out of that situation, and now I'm able to under, like filter out what I want and what I don't want. What am I looking for? Just you know, really knowing myself. And all this wouldn't have happened if God did you not know, just give me that pause, like mm-hmm. you said, like those breaks, like yeah. yeah. So I think Alhamdulillah, like God's plan, one hundred percent. That's why whenever you're making dua, whenever you're praying. Whatever faith you are, for me, I just think it's very important to always tell God, like if you think this is what is the best for me, like then give it to me. I want it though. I want it. But if you think it's not good for me, then make me understand and just don't give it to me. Because when it comes going to if, especially when it if it, when it comes going to make me sad, mm-hmm. then what's the point? Yeah. So um like like you said, you said when when it happened to you it took a month to like just take a break and wallow and be sad and everything. So like that means do you really think it's okay for us to, you know, just sometimes just take a break and feel what you're feeling? feel the sadness of what happened to you because whatever it is that happened to you you're not a robot you're a human being you surely feel even if you understand that it's a last plan like sometimes it takes a while like for me it took a while i had to like wallow and everything so like how do you feel about like you know just taking a step back and just being sad i mean we are humans and we have human emotions and emotions demand to be felt any emotion that you do not address is going to come back bigger I always believe in dealing with emotions. I believe in processing emotions, filtering them out, taking what needs to be taken out of it because there's always lessons to be learned from emotions as well. Sometimes hurt and anger is a very good place for growth. Rock bottom is a place for you to pivot yourself up, you know? So I personally believe in allowing myself to feel my feelings and the only difference is from how I used to feel my feelings before and how I feel my feelings now is the fact that I have more faith, alhamdulillah. So I feel my feelings in trust of Allah now. I mean, before, I would be free-falling and I feel like my heart is going to come out of my throat and I'm, I'm just... Zampashi. <laughs> you know, literally, I'm going to burst out of... Like, everything feels like I'm on fire, right? But now, my, my emotions are never in that kind of capacity and even when they are i can count how many times i've had these kind of overwhelming emotions and when i do now i quickly go into sujood like that's the closest the closest you can get to allah right i quickly go into sujood however i am i go into sujood and i talk and i keep talking and i keep making dua like ya allah quench the fire in me ya allah you know whatever it is it's i'm talking to allah you know and I'm going to consistently keep doing that. And even if I can't talk, and there are times when you don't have words, and you know that. There are times when, as you said, you've said all the prayers, and you don't even know what else to tell Allah. Yeah. But you know Allah is a seer of hearts. He's the listener. He's the all-seeing and all. So you just do the, I, I do the sujood, and I just keep quiet, and I let the tears flow, and I allow the snot and everything. <laughs> but it's, it's Allah. Because sometimes, but when I wake up for tahajjud, like, I don't have anything else to say. I'll just cry. 
like i'll just cry and when, when i when i'm done crying i feel so much better because it's like i don't know what else to do honestly it's like god you know what everything i'm natural hanuna like you're you're in charge now so just you know so i think it's really okay to wallow i am 100 like wallow and heal like that's my that's what i'm big on now how do you take disappointments personally and like how would you advise you know others to do the same and like how did you go from how did you reach the point that now whenever something is wrong with you you just go and tell god because he said like before he felt like he just wanted to bust and then like how did you just reach this stage of growth that is like oh now god please take it away okay so there is something that i have realized along the way it's that you know your taqwa and your tawakkul is not something that you develop overnight to be very honest you can say that ah i have faith too you can see i have to okulu but allah will test that okulu and you realize that oof you didn't have nothing i like 100% because sometimes i'll be like ah, i thought i was i thought i thought i was like oh my god i believe and everything like ah what's happening yeah allah will put you in a position where he will test that belief that you think you have and um and it, these these things have happened to me multiple times and let me say okay so you know when it happened with my mdcn exam where i told you i wallowed for a month right prior to that i have wallowed for much longer you know mm-hmm. and gradually they were becoming less um you know longer in duration and intensity because um i was getting to know allah better so you know when you when you know allah better you worship him better you have a better connection with him you understand his majesty and his magnificence more this is not something that you can just wake up and just because you grew up you know might be your parents telling you about islam and that's it you know you have to discover allah and discover the the the, the islam for what it is for yourself right and build that faith from scratch so now along the way i know that allah has given me trials most of the time many people do not know anything about but i have had consistently been able to go back to allah whenever things happen to me and i'm not saying i don't feel my feelings i just know that ya allah i am feeling all of this and it's only because of you you are the one that sent it my way and you are the one that is going to ease it for me and there is something that you want me to find here ya allah give me the ability to see the clarity in it let me f- learn the lesson that i need to learn from this let me come out of this trial with sabrun jamila you know there are just so many things um today i was listening to a lecture and we 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 keep hearing and i feel like the more i listen to stories of like the prophets and the sahabas that came before us bro we don't know struggle we don't know struggle this is the same jannah we want to enter with these people lo. you know jannah cannot come on a platter to just everybody you know allah has to test you for you to enter and allah has promised to test the people he loves more right the more allah wants to bring you closer to him the more he will test you for you to be able to reach i mean even in our jobs and in a lot of things right you get tests and then you get you pass and then you go to a higher level yeah. that's how it works so people that get high level of faith is because they've been tested with high level of tests you know is it like when i listen to the seer of the prophet pa i'm like hey subhanallah just like he said is it the same gender we're entering with these people that's number one number two is like You, you you feel less alone because it, there's nothing that you think you've gone through that the prophet hasn't gone through and not even not even the prophet only like there there yes there is there are so many people that you will definitely connect with in one way or the other right if it's infertility 
there are women female sahabas that, that have gone through these things mm-hmm. i mean look at nana aisha she never had a child you know you know do you think maybe she didn't struggle with infertility or the feelings of infertility yeah. for example i mean you might not know much about it but she's a woman that didn't have children right okay so now what if we're talking about um somebody a woman that didn't have the prophet's children so you can imagine how she really wanted to have his kids yes. and then she's somebody that experienced widowhood mm-hmm. i mean there are people that have lost their spouses and all you know the, imagine losing the prophet as your husband mm-hmm. you know or um the, you know there there are women that went from wealth to poverty look at nana khadija she went from having it all you you get you get to eating grass literally because that was that was the struggles that that took place for islam to be what it is and where it is right now for us to be muslim right now people had to go through all of those struggles and suffering so to be very honest our trials compared to theirs is it is nothing and i'm not saying that i'm dismissing of our pain it's okay for us to feel all of this pain you know now i have learned to become very vulnerable i've learned to allow myself to cry I was telling my friend the other day I try to cry at least once a day at least now and it doesn't have to be crying weeping it is I have learned that I've learned that um my softness and my tears and my ability to allow things to touch me is a strength is iman it's softness of the heart and it's it's part it's is is a form of faith for me the fact that i am able to sympathize and empathize with with people right so i allow myself to be vulnerable even if it's once in a day and usually it has to do with either listening to like you know podcasts related to the deen or something and just magnificence of allah is usually what makes me cry or the struggles of somebody and all like just the things that are above and beyond us when we stop looking at the world as us you know we are centering ourselves too much koi you know you start looking at the bigger picture there is just more to life than yourself and i have found more strength now as a woman that has been vulnerable and allow myself to be vulnerable i have found that i am a safe space for women to be vulnerable because i have found strength in my vulnerability you can't shame me for my tears i'm very proud of them right and i wouldn't i'm not the type to not be able to control my emotions i'm very good with controlling my emotions but also i'm i'm very good at allowing them to free, freely flow when they need to yeah yeah so um i think that covers the question you know just like like what would you advise um you know other people like personally how to take disappointments like i think for me like what you said now is something i can actually just practice you know just following your advice but like do you have any other thing you want to add yeah. honest the difference between a punishment and a test from allah is how we deal with it right mm-hmm. that's what yasmin mujahid said she said it's how you deal with it because sometimes when you see um allah sending trials you you keep thinking is allah punishing me but the difference between punishment and a trial is how you deal with it now if you take it as a punishment and you don't turn to allah and all of that then allah is punishing you he has not given you the the beauty of his presence and his strength and like and the feeling of peace and t- tranquility in you right but when you take something as a trial and you anchor yourself to allah then it's a trial and you will come out of it with flying colors inshallah and i'm not saying people don't cry The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to cry a lot. He grieved a lot. I mean there is a prophet that went blind from crying. Yeah. <laughs> Literally anything that you are looking for but there are people that have gone through things like that. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam grieved 
Nana Khadija so much. He grieved Nana. Um, he like he grieved um, the loss of his grandchildren, the loss of his children as well. You know, he kept losing his sons as well. You know, there's just so many things, so many instances where the prophets used to grieve, where the um, Sahabas also felt pain, and the the story of um, Sayyidina Ali when he lost Nana Fatima. You know, there's just so many stories out there, but you know. How you come out of it is the difference. Are you centering yourself to Allah? Are you believing in Allah? Are you not questioning Allah? You have to. You can't just use the words and say it. You have to believe it in your heart. And I'm not saying you're not going to feel all the feelings that you need to feel. But you have to also remember that there is a reason why Allah is sending it your way. And try and look for the light that I said earlier. There is always a light. No matter how dark you think your life is. There is always, always, always a light. Even if the little light that you can find is, I can, I'm still breathing. That is your light. <laughs> yes. It is still light. Because Allah can take away the breathing mm-hmm. also if he wanted to, right? So there is always light. Yeah, I think like that even also brings us to like our next question. Like for what, like what I said earlier on, like for me, how I, I felt like my hardship, I mean my test, it broke me down to a point that I wasn't feeling connected to God anymore. Like, so what do you have to say to people that feel too depressed, you know, to pray? Or maybe they are praying and they are not making dua. Like, what do you have to say? You can say then I'll just add on that, like, what I did. Okay, so for me, that is an aspiring psychiatrist. You know that I am very, very pro-mental um, health. And see, there is a difference between being sad from whatever life's trials there is and being mentally ill, yeah. right? So that's feeling of when you are so low that you cannot even come out of it at all there is no light you're not seeing any light and you feel like someone is pressing you down deeper and deeper and deeper ask for help seek help accept help when it comes your way sometimes it is not a matter of whether you have fit or you don't have fit it is an illness you cannot will away diabetes you cannot will away malaria or liver function problems, like sorry, liver problems, right? Or kidney issues. Why don't you will yourself to have dialysis? Let your kidneys just function. Yeah. Same way you cannot will away mental illnesses. Now, I'm not trying to say that anybody that feels sad is mentally ill, right? There is a spectrum, and that's why you should look at see look into seeing professionals, right? They will tell you where you're falling on the spectrum and give you the right help you need. I personally have struggled with depression for a very long time and there were times when it got bad enough that I had to be on medication for years and up till now I get lows like low lows right but now I have I have grown so much that I'm able to recognize my lows as they are coming and I'm able to put things in place to deal with them I'm able to make my schedule become flexible. My family members, I'm able to get support from everyone around me. I'm able to deal with it better now compared to how I used to be able to deal with it. I have a better support system. My parents are very supportive. My husband is very supportive. My friends are. And even for me, for myself, to be very honest, I have come a very, very long way. I am able to navigate it better. Now I have not been on medication for some years and I come out of my lows on my own because I have a better structure in place on how I deal with myself and I'm able to do all the countless things that I do despite living with depression. So, and I'm not saying that if it gets so bad, I'm not going to be able to go back on medication. I'm not scared of medication. Medication saves lives. 
literally it's an illness and if you're able to get help however way you require take it accept it you know i don't know depression is hard and i feel like having experienced a mental illness has made me a better woman it has made me a more sensitive woman it has made me more empathic to people and what people go through and i believe it has made me somebody that people trust even more because i have more capacity for empathy because they don't know i don't necessarily talk about this is not something i've talked about before i think i believe on my social media but i know right and i believe allah sent it my way because he had plans for me in my life and it will play a role in how i will be as a woman in general as a safe space provider as a psychiatrist in the future in so many capacities i needed to taste it i needed to experience it yeah for me to be able to help people even more i think like you've literally said it all for me my number one thing would definitely be ask for help because i think when when it happened to me i i was just going right but i knew something was wrong and i didn't want to burden like the people around me i just didn't want to be that person that was just always talking about her problems when i when i i and like you said it felt like i was going down this really dark hole and i was able to identify and i was like oh my god if i don't get help now i would be in trouble like i remember i called my auntie and that was like the first time i was really talking to someone about it and like now i'm really just learning myself again like i said earlier on i i went to start therapy and i'm really excited about that and i'm trying to i'm able to like okay identify for me i think my main problem is i i get overwhelmed very easily like now so i'm able to even just identify all these things and it's very important for you to be able to identify when you're in trouble like i'm like oh my god man i'm mentally i'm not okay like i know that i'm not okay and i need help like i need to just take care of myself so i think it's important for you to understand first of all you just need to like sit down with yourself and ask yourself like are you okay once you realize that you're not okay just yeah ask for help like if you can get help then you should get help because some of these things you think you can deal with it they don't but you cannot like you cannot prevention is better than cure and that's why we keep talking about mental health not mental illnesses mm-hmm. because you can neglect something and expect it to work for you when problems come you, i don't know if you get right so like it's like preventive medicine so we talk about oh you know exercise you know healthy eating and all of that these are good lifestyle changes for the body in general right there seem there are tips also for mental health optimization so that it reduces your chances or risks for developing for example mental illnesses Kissing what I told myself earlier on, but I was like, I need to get help because I don't think I have the time to be depressed. Because I know, <laughs> like, because I know that once I like once it becomes really, really bad, it's going to become very, very bad, and it will not only affect me, it affects people around me. And I'm like, I don't have time for it. I need to work on this now because yeah. I know if I keep letting this thing. And the funny thing is that once you're able to, like you said, like the prevention and everything, if you're taking care of yourself, go. It's easier for you when you get tested by Allah. It's easier for you to pass the tests that you get. Like it's easier for you to pass the tests that you get from God. Like when things come to break you, you know already your mental health is already kind of in place. Then for you, you're already going through your stuff, and then <laughs> like you're already going through what you're going through, and then something now happens again. Like it will break you. Yeah. So like always seek for help. Do you really like? I know some people that will go through stuff, go, and it's like they rather just suppress the emotions. Like they rather suppress the emotions 
than for them to go through it. And I personally, I'm of the opinion that it's worse. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important for you to deal with stuff. And I think in our in Ariwa, Nigeria, like so many of us, when I say so many of us, like there's a lot of people that are not healed. Like, so many things will happen to people and they don't take out time to heal. Even number one for me is when it comes to relationships. Like, you see so many women are married and they're still saying, Malama, I still am in love with my ex. Why, why? And that's because most people will break up with their boyfriends and get married to their rebounds. They will be in another relationship in a week. Thank you. Like, it's like, um, you never really healed and you got into another relationship and then when all is set, said and done and everything is, has settled down, the wedding is over, you realize that because you suppressed this thing, now you're back to your reality and it's coming back up. So, like, I think we need to heal. I don't know. Like, personally, I feel like there's just a re- really a lot of healing that needs to be done in our whole community. But what do you think? I already mentioned that I actually believe that any, any emotion that you suppress any emotion that you do not deal with and you do not process, it will come back to bite you in the butt and it's going to come back bigger. It becomes a bigger emotion. And, you know, it, beca- it piles up. It, re- now? <laughs> it really piles up. So I feel like it's very important to deal with emotions. Emotions can have too much power if you allow them. And for me, processing them as soon as they come is one of the reasons why I don't give have big emotions because I deal with every little one as it comes. So they, I never give them the opportunity to fester and become big. You shove it under the rug, it will become a snake. Explode like boom. Well, like very big boom. Like, um, lastly, like life is hard. We know life is hard. This dunya is hard, you know. So like, what would you say, you know, about like, do you think that surrounding, like the people you surround yourself with, do you think it makes like life easier? Like your company doesn't make everything easier? Like having people that understand you, having people that kind of are going through the same thing as you, as you. Like, do you think like people that are just like big on things that you're big on? Do you think like it's it makes your growth growth easier? To be very honest, I'm big on companionship. I have amazing, amazing friends, and they were handpicked by Allah. To be very honest, because see, if I look at my circle, and you know they say, show me your friend, and I'll tell you who you are. If I look at my circle, I can see that Allah did. Did Allah did work for for no? see that Allah did work to make sure that He has given me the right companions to do life with, right? So yes, the people you surround yourself with can definitely matter. Now, for example, um, I wear something really nice and I think I look good, and then my friend sees me, and the first thing she says is, "Oh my God, you." That affects your self-esteem so much, right? Because it's someone that you hold to high esteem. Now, why would you give someone that is not deserving that kind of power? Why would you give someone that is not kind, someone that is not good, that is not conscious of God, somebody that you are, you don't even necessarily like, you know, that kind of power? So yes, my companions, the people I do life with, they might not necessarily be going through the same thing as me. My friends, I don't necessarily go through the same things as they are going through, but we have um, sisterhood in in common. We have empathy for each other and each other's struggles. We have God in common, you know. And see, companions is not just your friends. One of the biggest, best decisions that I have ever made in my life and the best things that Allah has done for me is the husband that he has given me to do life with. 
to be very very honest alhamdulillah like it is so important the person that you choose to marry it's one of the biggest if not the biggest decision you'll ever make and i know that people talk about how you know marriage is not really an achievement or whatever and whatever to each his own for me it's a very big thing in my life it's one of the major things in my life right and marriage can make or break me i know i'm a, i'm big on family so if i marry someone that's going to break me then you know but i marry someone that uplifts me someone that anticipates my needs someone that is constantly there for me someone that picks me up lifts me up you know someone that supports me listens to me and i'm able to do the same for him someone that allows me to fly because i i i am i'm a very big person in general right they i'm i'm constantly everywhere doing a lot of things and i need someone to ground me and at the same time i need someone to allow me to fly to be able to reach my maximum potential and i am with someone that sees no has no desire to put me in a cage because he, you know it's it's just it's just so beautiful to be honest and that's why i talked about the field engagement thing earlier alhamdulillah but there are situations that you know that it's a train wreck about to happen and you can literally see it coming to collide right and allah just diverts it away and you know he has better plans for you he has beautiful plans for you yeah. and so the ch- person you choose to marry to do life with is one of the biggest decisions so please take your time to do it choose wisely everybody to be honest pray 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 and to be honest put yourself and your best interest at heart when you're choosing the right spouse like the things you want for your life have goals don't only look sh- like short term look long term the person i was when i married my husband is not the girl i am right now you know and it's not the woman i'm going to be in the in the next few years or 10 or 20 years you know so look long term is this somebody that you can grow with is this somebody that will allow you to reach the potentials that you want to reach is this someone that you can that will help you get to jenna <laughs> bro there are some people that can drag you to hell uh. So um I believe that that's one of the biggest decisions so yes be intentional about the companions you're keeping the friends you're keeping you can't be keeping bad friends and you be thinking that people will think well of you do you know personally I have refused to work with people and not like I will not vocalize it but there are some people that even to bring them as guests for chai right I filter them in my head because I don't know them but I know their friends and I'm like if this person is friends with this person this person and this person and I know them you know some people actually think that like it's not really I don't know if I want to agree fully that show me your friend and I'll show you who you are who said behind. Because there are some people that are not like their friends. It can't be not like all your friends, what? Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like Look at friends and Kaka again. There is somebody specifically that I wanted to have on chai and like this person, I I I, I think highly of the person, right? But I feel like I don't know that person well enough. But by the time I looked at all the friends that this person keeps, specifically all of them are shady. Like all the people I know about this person are shady, right? And probably this person might not be shady, you know? But they've tainted their reputation by associating with all of these people. So be intentional about your crowd. It's an image. It's an image. And apart from that to be honest you become the people you are surrounding yourself with constantly if you s- circle yourself with people that that you know talk about p- others you start talking about others you constantly surround yourself with people that talk about god and are trying to do right by god 
you will also start doing right by God. You understand? So we end up becoming the company we keep, whether we like it or not. I think, like, ba for strong women. <laughs> this episode is three of us with with Namir. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I think honestly, go. I think I think like when it comes to even like choosing spouses go like for strong women you also need a strong man that can able to take all your excesses like things are because like I, I I keep praying like yeah Allah please protect me from men that are only strong with within weak women men that can't even be strong within their own gender those are type of worst type of men because they will oppress you because you, they can only be strong to you so like what you said honestly it's so important for us to take our time know who you are know what you want and don't compromise on it like people keep saying oh you're delusional yeah yes you agree as far as you can think is god can give it to you like i think only the things that you cannot think about then is it's not possible well as far as you can think it then it's achievable allah Nifa Aurina Foko, it's like a mamana arena Allah. You know, if you you if you if you think you Allah cannot give you something, then you've minimized the capacity of God. Articulate everything you want. Like see, to be very honest, right? When I when I pray for like my husband or my son or whatever, I bring it down to like the like to the most <laughs> most ridiculous, most bizarre see, you know. And you know, Allah can cross all the T's and dot all the I's in your dua, right? And you'll be in, in shock. You sit down and be looking at your duas and you'll be like in shock that Allah has like right now, if you look at your life, you're literally living a dua that you once made, right? The funny thing is that I watch people's videos and I see them say that oh they made a list. I watched someone's video recently on TikTok and she said she made a list down to the height she wanted of her husband and wallahi she got every single thing that she prayed for. And like I know every relationship comes with hardships and everything, but what do you really think I'm going to sit down and be thinking about the hardship? Whatever hardship that is going to come, I'm not gonna sit down and think about it. I'm not sitting going to sit down and be like if I'm imagining my future, I'll be imagining it with the hardship. I mean I pray about the <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, because there are some things that you you don't think is a problem, but you have to just say, Yeah, Allah, if you know this is going to be a problem for me, like please I don't want it. Yeah, I think that's like the end. But like I'd want to ask you one last question. Like what is one misunderstood thing about you? So I guess it's what you said maybe probably about people might um, think I have figured out my life. Please excuse my son. <laughs> um, so yeah, I believe people think I have my life figured out. As you can hear, I don't have my life figured out. <laughs> I am just a young woman that is trying, to be honest. And that's one thing I can give myself is that I try. I try to show up for myself. I try to show up for people. I try to educate myself so that whenever I make decisions for myself, my family, um, I do it from a place of knowledge. I don't do it. I don't vibe. Now I am very intentional about my life, about the reason why I'm on this earth, and I don't vibe anything anymore. Whatever decision I make now, even if it's not, um, I'm not in the best of Iman, I know that it was still not from a place of vibes and inshallah no i i don't do that anymore i'm very intentional about it so yes i'm so much more intentional about my life right now and maybe that comes off as maybe that comes off as me having figured out everything about my life but no 
I'm, I'm enjoying every stage of my life as it comes. That's one thing I know for sure. When it passes, it has gone and I'm not going to, I don't wallow in, oh my God, I remember when I used to be skinnier than this. I, rem- I don't. I enjoy every phase of life, every phase of parenting or every phase of marriage, every phase of my body, every phase of my career, everything. When the time comes, I'm worried I look at Chinshi. You know, when we move to the next one, let's enjoy it. When old age comes, I'll enjoy my wrinkled body as yeah. it is, you know. So, you know, and, and at this stage I am in, at, in my life right now, this is the stage where I'm figuring out a lot of things. I'm trying my hand at different things. And people that have followed me for a long time know that Soul Unraveled has unraveled multiple times. I have lost and found myself multiple times. I have dabbled and touched in different things from businesses to just so many things. And that's part of life. I mean, that's okay. We are in our 20s, 30s, you know, that's what we are supposed to do well. We're not, we're, we're not supposed to be adults now, I beg. Auntie adults would say 40, so it's all that's all. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Nom nom, come and say bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.